Live. That's your Birds 365 music. A victorious control their own destiny Monday here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Hey, that was a pretty good second half yesterday, J-Mac. Yeah, how about that? Solid scrimmage in South Philadelphia. That's what I'm calling it. Nice little scrimmage. Get, yeah, the, and- get the boys ready for some uh, some real football down the stretch. Although I don't know if they're getting that, to be honest, until the playoffs. <laughs> we'll talk about the playoffs in a little bit. Yeah, man, I, I you know me, Jody, I, I tend to be very even keeled and I don't go to hysterics. Like people are talking about the defense and Jonathan Gannon, people criticize me for being too nice to Jonathan Gannon. And then they go over the top and say, what a performance by the defense. Really? Well, they did what they were supposed to do, but that is legitimately, and I've been doing this for over 20 years. That is the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. I, I was ranking. I thought about Luke Falk last year. Luke Falk was better. He just had an unbelievable pass rush that was killing him. And you're a Jets fan. You remember? Yeah, oh, yeah, Falk that was yet. ugly. Yeah, that was ugly. I this poor kid couldn't do anything at a professional level. And I look at that New York Giants organization who just, you know, hey, we're going to move forward with Joe Judge. How could you move forward with a coach who makes that kind of decision? to put that kind of kid with completely no preparation, three weeks, four weeks, whatever he's been there. I mean, it was hand the ball off to poor Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, is terrible as well. Um, and, and RPOs and, and just one read, and my God, it was ugly. And I, it was a legitimate scrimmage. So the so Devin and Derek Gunn and, and Mark Barzetta asked me on the post-game show here on Jacob Media. I'll get this out of the way quickly. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. They asked me, you know, what what you get? What you learn from this game? Nothing. Nothing. Eagles took care of business, and that's great. By the way, that is great. They slammed their foot on the throat of the opponent, as Alex Singleton would say. But I didn't learn anything. I mean, that's as easy as it gets. We always talk about there's no gimmies. Everybody's Alabama, Urban Meyer. No, for one week, everybody wasn't Alabama. This was Mercer. This was Alabama against Mercer. That's how how lopsided it was. As I was watching the game yesterday, I thought of you for one very specific reason. Um, When Gardner Minshew had his... Uh, come to Jesus moment as a Philadelphia Eagle filling in for Jalen Hurts a couple weeks ago against the uh, Jets. And you and I both expected a little bit more of a quarterback controversy than we got. Nick Sirianni put a stop to it pretty quickly after the game with his definitive stance of, oh no, Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback. He kind of threw water on the fire. Um, But you and I both thought that uh, Eagle fans would find a way to stoke it a little bit. The reason why I gave that I thought Nick Sirianni was looking at the way he looked at it, in addition to the fact that I think he likes Jalen Hurts, I still think he believes in Jalen Hurts, he was being very realistic because yours truly and several of the guests we had on that week said the same exact thing. Yeah, but it was the Jets. And the Jets' defense was awful. 
and the Eagles had wide receivers running wild and wide open in the secondary that Jody McDonald or John McMullen could have gone a nine out of 11 in his first 11 passes while Gordon Dominchu went 11 for 11. Yeah, the strength or lack thereof of the opposition must be factored in. So when I was watching the New York Giants on offense during that game yesterday, I thought of Johnny Mack because I said, is he, he going to question again when I go, the strength of the opposition was pitiful. That's why the Eagles defense was as dominant as it was. Yeah, I'm glad to see you beat me to it. But that was <laughs> that was just, it, it was embarrassing. Yes, the it giant was. offense was. yesterday was stone cold embarrassing. Did the Eagles defense have something to do with it? Yeah, sure. I'm not going to give them no credit but I'm going to be careful not to give them too much credit because, yeah, I think Rancocas High's defense could have shut down the giant offense yesterday. Yeah, and that's why, you know, people are saying, oh, think, you know, because the, the offense, Eagles offense, and we'll get into that as well. I mean, they were legitimately bad themselves in the in the first half, no question about that. And, uh, you know, if if – one, a little bit of hyperbole, I guess, when I say you don't learn anything. If this game ended up, I was never concerned that the Eagles would lose the game as long as Jake Fromm was in there. Uh, and, and how sad is it that Mike Lennon comes in and you're a little bit more competent? They should have started Mike Lennon just to have somebody who knows what to do behind the line of scrimmage. Obviously, he's not going to play well, but at least he knows the plays and he can handle the offense and some semblance of it and it runs and it looks like it doesn't look like a scrimmage. So if they ended up winning that game 10 to three or 13 to three, it'd be one of those where you probably said you don't feel good about it afterwards. So you feel good about that. They got some things going that they dominated in the second half. Um, and it, and it makes you feel good moving into Washington. And, boy, they look bad. Uh, uh, but against a good opponent, a very good opponent, and, and Dallas now that they're getting healthy. Um, so now the Eagles have everything in front of them. Minnesota lost as expected to the Rams. So, um, you know, all they have to do is finish it. And by finish it, again, you probably have to hope a little bit in the fact that Dallas doesn't have to play week 18 because they're still in the mix for the number one seed. And as long as they are, that game's going to be really, really, really difficult. Um, however, if they're locked into a particular seed by that point, it's hard to imagine they will be at this stage, but you also have to pack there in. There's only one buy. So how much do they care about matchups? How much do they care about manipulating where they're going to be in the seeding. All of that is going to come into it. But before you get to there, you should you should beat Washington again, even, even down there. This team is good enough to do that. Um, and as I said, I give them complete credit for taking advantage of the soft part, part of the schedule. But I am surprised, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jody, because you, you know, as a Jets fan, you know, and, and we were joking about it all the time, and you said, Everybody says it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Why aren't they saying it this time? Because that team out there yesterday was far worse than that Jets team offensively. Right. The, the Jets actually moved the ball effectively yeah. against the Eagles that game. First three possession, they scored touchdowns. So at least they had one side of the ball that was playing effectively. Defense wasn't, and that's why uh, Gardner Minshew did what Gardner Minshew did.
the Giants stunk across the board. I where they'd be. Well, they they played a the good first half. first half of defense, and you know it was it's pretty evident. And I gave Patrick Graham some credit in the fact that he realized, and this is a concern, by the way, because I didn't notice this as much um, on Tuesday, where I think Jalen Hurts ran it eight times. They weren't running Jalen Hurts yesterday. I mean, and the Giants surmised that very, very quickly. And they said, all right, we don't have to worry about that aspect of his game, which is pretty big part of it. Let's be honest, pretty big part of his skill set. And you take that away and they figured it out and they weren't worried about it at all. And that's why the Eagles struggled so much offensively. Then he started making some plays, making some deep balls, guys going up, catching it. There are other people as well, the drops. I'm glad Nick Sirianni went through that long dissertation, not quite as long as his game management one when he was in quarantine, but everybody went nuts when Dallas Goddard was open. You and I have had that discussion too, the screenshot discussion, where everybody just takes a screen. Oh, Dallas Goddard's by himself, whereas the quarterback has a progression. He's already moved on. He's he's on to something else because that's what he's taught to do. And you can't assume the Giants are going to bust the coverage and leave somebody completely alone. So everybody was killing Jalen Hurts. That wasn't even his fault, which Nick Sirianni went out of his way to explain uh, in detail uh, for that very reason. So I'd like Nick from that standpoint as well as a coach. He tries to explain things as much as possible. Um Offensively, you had all the drops early. Dallas Goddard, again, that's a bit of a concern. Miles Sanders, who, by the way, has a broken hand, so he's probably going to be out uh, for a bit. Um, 95% good, um, but it was the Giants. And maybe because it's a division rival and people don't know how bad that was, but I, I joke, when I put up the playing time, I put up the snap counts every morning after the game on Twitter, I joke scrimmage playing time. That was a scrimmage, Jody. That was a scrimmage. A little bit. And um, just, I know we want to stay in the moment, the victory, where the Eagles said playoff possibilities, already looking ahead to Washington, who's limping back to their stadium after the beatdown they took last night at the hands of the Cowboys. <laughs> But just a quickie future reference for you to remember next year. Not only was yesterday's win good for the uh, Eagles in the moment, it's also good going forward. Because as bad as Jake Fromm was, as bad as Mike Lennon was, the Giants are actually going to believe that by comparison, Daniel Jones is the man. Are you kidding me? We got no, Daniel he looks, Jones. He looks tremendous. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones looks like Phil Sims now. Exactly. And he did beat the Eagles just two weeks ago. Uh, Daniel Jones is not a franchise quarterback. If I've got my choice right now, Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones, easy. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. I'm not even batting an eye going forward with a quarterback. And we still don't know if the Eagles should go forward with Jalen Hurts. And I want to talk about plenty about him today. Um, it's actually a real good thing. If they're going to, I, I don't think it's a hundred percent that Joe Judge is going to be back. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, I mean, put yeah, that you're out right. there and cover to maybe keep the team together for this week, finish up the season, not have the coaches going to get fired hanging over their head over the last three games. 
I still believe there's a very good chance that they're going to realize we got to hire a new general manager and we can't stick this coach on a new general manager and say you can't fire him. So I think that could change. But I believe that they're going to stay with Daniel Jones, which I think is a major mistake going forward uh, for the uh, Giants. But Jalen Hurts, and I saw everybody, uh, you know, after every single game, you got to go in this great dissertation about the quarterback and the like. He's pretty good yesterday. Rocky start. No questions asked. Put the football on the ground. Got lucky that a ball wasn't picked. That was a terrible throw. And it was this close to being picked, but they rightfully overturned it. But Jalen Hurts, like everybody else, gets to play the 60 minutes. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this guy that some people want to narrow focus on his tough times, on his bad times, when he struggles, when he makes mistakes. I'll readily admit, woefully inconsistent, but the bad times are emphasized and the good plays are, well, he's supposed to do that. Really, do we judge anybody else in that way? When they do something very well, well, that's a given. You're supposed to be. When they do something, how dare he do this? What is it about Jalen Hurts? Now, this is just my take, John, and I could be looking at this all wrong, but it seems to me that his critics are much more outspoken when he does have inconsistent bad times and just kind of brush off any successes the young man has. Well, two things I would say to that, Jody. I I don't know if it differs that much from any pro uh, high starting quarterback in every, any major NFL city. They all get this scrutiny, every single one of them. And, you know, as you gain sort of the reputation, um, you know, Tom Brady at the top, Aaron Rodgers at the top, it sort of whittles away a little bit. But even, you know, at the end of the Mike McCarthy regime in Green Bay, I remember, I always joke that Green Bay is this most spoiled fan base in NFL history because we're 33 consecutive years now of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and they don't know how the other half lives. And they were saying Rodgers doesn't have it. I was in Minnesota when Brett Favre was going Green Bay, and people would argue that Ty Detmer should start at quarterback over Brett Favre. People are nuts, Jody. Um, and when you have good quarterback play, even at, at that top tier of a level, uh, people find ways to complain. So that's number one. But as far as Jalen Hurts is, and, and uh, his ability, I think the most unique ability is the guy never stops. Um, you know, And you go back to the first Giants game is probably a better example of that because that was his worst game, certainly uh, this season. You know, you could argue uh, last season as a rookie, but I'm throwing that out because they weren't even preparing for him to be the starter. It was a, a last-second thing. There wasn't a lot to to build upon. It was just to finish up an ugly season. So I'm just going on this season, and that was by far his worst game. But he was still there for the full 60 minutes make it a play here, make it a play there and putting the Eagles in a position to where they could have stole the game. And you can argue should have stole the game. If Jalen Rager makes a couple catchable passes, up catchable passes. Um, you don't often see that with quarterbacks. 
in other words, if you have a bad game, you have a bad game and you start to get down about yourself for whatever reason, maybe it's a pass rush, maybe things are just not clicking and bad game turns into bad game, bad game. He's got the ability to make a play. So you got to be on your toes as a defense for 60 minutes. You might be dominating him and dominating him. And the Giants were able to do it for 30 minutes. And they dominated again. And you're starting to say, well, the Giants maybe just have his number to say shut him down the first time as well, defensively. Maybe Patrick Graham sees something. And as I said, they were very aware he was not going to run the football. And they were forcing him to throw the football and making it very difficult. A lot of blitzes because they knew he wasn't going to get outside the pocket. They knew he was going to stay and throw it. Um, so they took advantage of that situation. And I, I think they deserve credit for it. But, I mean, you go back to any starting quarterback. You've been in Philadelphia longer than me, Jody, covering this team. I mean, everybody. Jonathan McNabb was a great quarterback. How much – you know, what did he get? Randall Cunningham, Mike Vick, everybody, except maybe Nick Foles. Nick gets a pass for some reason. Uh, That's yeah. the question. Now he got, but he got some, you know what, back in the, before he was St. Nick, he got some, but now he's got a pass. Which, oh, by the way, came off the bench and won a game for the Bears yesterday. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Carson Wentz. I didn't even matter. Obviously, Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. He, heavily he scrutinized. Yeah. All right. Then let me ask you this. As you correctly pointed out, Jalen Hurts had six pretty bad back to back to back to back to back. How many backs do I have to put in to get the six <laughs> uh, quarters against the Giants? And then he put up a 31 spot. In the last two quarters, the second half of yesterday's game, what do you think changed? Well, I I think when you have a couple things, I think from a complimentary aspect, I think that defense, Giants defense, played its you-know-what off in the first half. And then they come out in the second half, and you say you're in this game, and the worst throw humanly possible. Now, potentially – Jannard Avery um, should have gotten called for a penalty on that because um, he got his hand up into the face mask. But they didn't call it. Uh, awful throw. Rodney McLeod playing center field gets the easy interception. You have the short field. Game's over. Game's over. The Eagles score. Giants defenders know they're watching the same thing you're watching. I, I, I You know, human nature, whatever you want to call it. You're like, oh, we're done. We're cooked. And from that point, the wheels fell off. That's what I think happened, honestly. Okay. That's a very honest answer. I hope you're wrong because that's not giving much credit to Jalen Hurts. And if you don't believe well, he you still got to make that the much, the giant defense said, all right, we, we busted our ass for a half. You, you think we're going to go out and stop him again here in the second half? No, that just didn't happen. You might be right. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just hoping that you're wrong because it uh, would give Jalen Hurts some credit for what he accomplished. And, oh, by the way, I haven't been on WIP yet. So, yeah, I got some tweets uh, about uh, the Eagles after the game from my uh, Eagle fan followers. Um, I I'm glad to say, not surprised, but I'm glad to say that I didn't get any tweets. One of the downsides of yesterday's game, there were a couple of them, uh, bad penalties. They took a bunch of bad penalties again yesterday. And it ends up not costing them, so it doesn't get all that much notoriety, but they did take some bad penalties. 
one of which was uh, Devonta Smith on a uh, bad downfield blocking before the receiver yeah. got the ball type I, penalty. Yeah. I was glad to see that I didn't get any tweets on, well, you know, if Devonta Smith was a little bit bigger, he wouldn't have had to make that block the way that I'm so happy to know because there was a lot of it, J-Mac. You're on this show, my other broadcast outlets. How can they take a wide receiver in the first round who's 160 pounds sopping wet with a rock in his pocket? A big wind comes by. This guy's in trouble. This guy's a stud. This guy is going to be a star wide receiver in the league. He's borderline there now when the Eagles get a couple more things in place. Uh, I think his game is only going to grow and get better. And please, for any of those of you who reached out to me and said, Jody, I don't know why you love this guy. He's a reed. He's a twig. He's going to be falling apart in the National Football League. How's he doing with that skinny little body here? Doesn't keep him from making great plays along the sidelines. Doesn't. Didn't keep him from going up and high-pointing a underthrown pass by Jalen Hurts for a 35-40 yard game. Where are all those Devontae Smith can't play in the league because he's too skinny, uh, eagle doubters, Johnny Mac? Yeah, well, that he can't play in the league was hysterical. Um, but, you know, I'm more in, of a little bit half and half, not half and half, but, you know, I think Devontae is a tremendous player, um, way ahead of the game when it comes to route running. Although I am a little bit concerned that this team can't run a simple rub route in week 16 with Mr. Wide Receiver, Mr. Technician coaching the team. I mean, there's got to be a little bit more savvy at some point. I think that's one of the things you can criticize. Um, I, I'm I'm more happy that nobody claims uh, complains about the officiating, but they don't claim because it was a blowout, so they don't care. If it was a close game and there were some questionable calls, then they start complaining about the officiating. So that part is understandable. I, I do think from this standpoint, it's realistic. It's not optimal to be 166 pounds and play professional football at this level. As we always say, 100% uh, injury rate in the NFL. You're going to get hurt. DeMonte's already gotten hurt. He wears an elbow brace every week now because he's banged up. Um, you know, if you think about Darren Sproles, for instance, I mean, people have asked me, is Darren Sproles a Hall of Fame player? And I, you know, it's an interesting conversation because of his um, his his history as a receiver, as a runner, as a returner, uh, and how he was able to do it for so long. And he played for so long at five foot five, and um, you know. And I always joked about Darren Sproles. He wasn't he wasn't small. He was short. But even that, you know, when you don't have a certain measurable in the NFL it limits you to a certain degree. Uh, in other words, you know, Darren Sproles was never going to be a feature back in this league. Why? I mean, he lasted. He was durable. He was strong. He's the strongest guy on this team, pound for pound. I mean, he's unbelievable. If you ever saw his lower body. Um, why? Because of the size issue. When you look at Devontae Smith, Imagine Devontae Smith with the athleticism and the the route running and uh, everything he has now. 
at 200 pounds. He's better equipped to hold up long term. I think that's fair to say. To say he couldn't play in the NFL because at 166 pounds, anybody who watched him, that's not fair to say, to say the least. Right. And yeah, he's the best receiver this team has had in a very, very long time. I don't I don't want to mix, mix apples and oranges, but I think it's apropos here. If you took a look at Allen Iverson coming out onto an NBA court, you would go, this guy's on the team? Really? With his size? With his build? Yeah, they're different guys. They're guys who break the mold, and that's a good example. And But even with Allen, you say, boy, if he kept – if he – took better care of himself. He could have lasted a little bit longer. You know, Alan, for those who don't know, like the casinos, like to go out at night. Didn't well, necessarily. That's, that's that's a whole nother argument. That, yeah. Did he dedicate himself? I'm just talking about physical frame. Look at him. The rigors of the game that he's asked to play. Alan Iverson looked like he shouldn't be in the NBA. He's the greatest sixer guard of all time. Uh, yes, Devontae Smith doesn't look like a wide receiver in the NFL in 2021. Oh, except he is. All he does is go out and make plays. So before you just make a generalization yeah, of it. And, and by the way, Jody, also, you got to think about the era. Add into it. There are no Jack Tatums in the middle of the field who can destroy. It's taken out of the game. So maybe in a different generation, it was a more legitimate question mark as well where you would really take a beating going over the middle of the field. They've taken that out of the game. You can't do it. So it's similar as quarterbacks. You know, I saw Jaws was on Twitter uh, showing quarter. We used to get hit. Quarterbacks used to get hit. And we're, those guys took a beating. Receivers took a beating. No more. So that plays into it. That factors into it as well. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're a victorious Birds 365 duo today. Second half, the Eagles just dismissed the New York Giants after playing a less than stellar first half, certainly offensively, pretty good defensively, and ratcheted up in the second half defensively. Yeah, and I don't even count that late Giant touchdown. Talk about an oh-by-the-way score. That's what that Giant Mike Lennon. was. He was Mike Lennon was Phil Sims compared to Jake Fromm. Uh, yeah, it's certainly better, but not good by any stretch of the imagination. So the Eagles, as of right now, are in the playoffs. If the players were to start today, they would be in the playoffs. We got a lot of playoff looking forward to, to do. We'll be doing it each and every single day this week, including for a couple more hours here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. He's John McMullen. I would be Jordan McDonald. that make us the Mac and Mac guys here on a playoff football Monday. That's right. As of right now, if the playoffs were to start, the Philadelphia Eagles would be in. And their above 500 record has them earned a spot in this year's postseason tournament. Johnny Mac, I was thinking about this when I had my dog out this morning. Um, because, yes, the Eagles would be in. No, they have to uh, finish out strong. Got to be watching them next week for damn sure. And then we'll see where everything sits after next week. There's a distinct possibility that the Eagles will have already locked up a wild card spot next weekend. And going into that last week, we're wondering about if the Cowboys will have anything to play for. There's a chance the Eagles will have nothing to play for. But I don't even want to go there yet. Uh, just on the assumption that the Eagles make the playoffs next year. You talked earlier about uh, Packer fans who just don't get it because they've never had to deal with it. It went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and they've got one of the best quarterbacks in football every year for the past three decades. So they just don't understand. I liked your phrase, how the other half lives. You know, the half here in Philly has not been that bad. If it no, it hasn't. It, Overall, if no. they make the playoffs this year, that means they will have made the playoffs four out of the last five years. Yeah, last year was a dumpster fire and it cost Doug Peterson his job and Carson Wentz talked his way out of town. It was a tough season to have to muddle through. But if they make the playoffs this year, Dougie P did make it three years in a row. And if Sirianni makes it in his first year, 
That's not a bad little run to be in the playoffs four or five years. Of course, it started with a Super Bowl, so the trajectory hasn't been what everybody wanted. But making the playoffs four times in five years, if you're a fan of this team, you really can't do much pitching. Well, you can. <laughs> Shouldn't be my, doing that much no, pitching, I you're should right. say. You're Sorry, right. Thank, but, thank you, you know, for correcting me. Yeah. And it's interesting because the NFL has a rule change this year um, in that coaches who have fired their coaches, so this might put an impetus on people, uh, could start interviewing assistants for other teams early. So Raiders, uh, Jaguars are the only teams in that category right now. They can start interviewing coaches. Um from other teams if they get permission. So a lot of caveats, but a little bit different. Um, and we go back to Doug Peterson making the playoffs three years. You don't give them a mulligan. That's the kind of stuff you start to raise your eyebrow about. But, you know, that's in the past now. And Nick Sirianni, you and I, you know, we said, this team's got a chance to be right around 500. I think we had both eight, both eight wins. So, and they, yeah. they, they're going to so get that. They got that. They're at that, and now they have a chance to get nine or or ten double digits, which would be pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could first time starting quarterback, rookie head coach. I think Jeffrey Lurie got it right again. Jeffrey Lurie's been very good at hiring head coaches. Uh, you got to give him credit. Um, like again, plenty to criticize from Jeffrey Lurie's standpoint. Why you're even in that position to need to hire a head coach at where you were? Um, that that is certainly something you look at the front office for. Uh, but they generally get it right, and it looks like they got it right uh, with Nick Sirianni again. Hopefully, the shelf life is longer. Um, you're never going to predict anybody goes to the Super Bowl because it's really hard to do. Um, and they have a long way to go. I don't think they're a legitimate contender. But, you know, on a particular Sunday, because of the way they run a football, run the football. If you saw Green Bay Cleveland, uh, Jody, on Christmas, um, that's the best team in the NFC. That's the number one seed in the NFC. Cleveland ran the football at will. And, and if they continued to run the football, they probably would have won the game. And they got away from it. So if you think about the Eagles um, in their rushing attack, now you got to be concerned with Miles Sanders. Now you got to be concerned with Jordan Howard. So they're starting to have some injury issues. But you know it's been a revolving door. No matter who's back there at running back, they've been effective running the football. So if Jalen Hurts gets healthy, if the ankle is back to where it was. You know, then you say, hey, Styles make fights, can beat anybody on any given day. Now, the problem is with a team like that, if you get to the players, you're probably not going to have three given game days like that in a row. And, you know, that's probably your ceiling. But nonetheless, a lot to be excited about. And I will defend Sirianni in, in this vein. Um, I think a lot of uh, Eagle analysis comes out after the fact just looking at the final box score and determining whether the eagles did run the ball enough or not and some people were 
questioning Rick Nitra. How does he not come out and just run it down the Giants' throats? Why uh, he got away from the running game? That's our strength. Here's what you really need to do. If you want to give it true, accurate analysis, you have to go through it almost play by play. You certainly have to go through it uh, series by series. And, and each first down possession. If you run the ball on first down and get nothing or a yard, now you're looking at second and nine. If the play caller slash offensive corner slash head coach decides to pass on second and nine, who's going to really critique him? Who's going to say, no, 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 run the ball up the gut again between the tackles on second and nine? I think most Eagle fans in the moment would say, well, yeah, pass the ball. We get nine yards on second down. You better pass the ball. But then if the pass doesn't uh, get completed, why didn't you run the ball? Well, wait a minute. You just said you would have thrown the ball. Why are you second-guessing the guy now in 2020 hindsight? And he threw the ball. The Eagles didn't do a heck of a lot on first down in their runs in the first half. So, yeah, Sirianni passed a little bit more than what has been effective for them over the last several weeks. But you got to go by possession by possession, for uh, series by series, and then tell me that Nick Sirianni just came in and said, hey, run the ball. Run the ball, run the ball. We can throw the ball. Let's have some fun throwing the ball today. That was not the way it played out yesterday. That was not the in-drive uh, decisions he was making. End of the day, look at the box score. Yeah, it looks like he got away from the run a little bit. I don't think that was actually the case yesterday, John. No. I, I, you know, you've run for 175 yards in seven consecutive games. And I, I don't know what people think. Do they think that's sustainable? I mean, it's the first time since 1985. Uh, at some point, you're going to run up against a team that's going to sell out. And you ran up against a team that sold out because they they said, all right, we don't think this quarterback is going to run the football. So that vaunted plus one, which the Eagles have often described Jalen Hurts as, and how he throws – He's the key to it all besides the offensive line uh, as far as the success of the running game. And the Giants correctly surmised, all right, they're being cautious because of his ankle. They're not going to run him. And at that point, it becomes a different game. And, yeah, people either understand it or they don't understand it. But you can't just say we're going to run for 175 yards because you ran for 175 yards in seven consecutive games, it doesn't work like that. That's why it hasn't happened uh, since 1985. What, what is that, Jody? You're the math guy. How many years is that? 1985 would be 15 plus 22, 37. There you go. 37 years. With Walter Payton, by the way, who, you know, is for those who don't follow history, pretty good. Pretty good running back. Um, you don't have Walter Payton. So what they've been doing... Uh, with the rushing attack is pretty phenomenal. So if you're going to complain and say Nick Sirianni's going to, I don't know what you want. You can't be happy because this team is as run heavy as it gets, especially in this era of the NFL. Uh, it doesn't mean, and if the Eagles do make the playoffs and you do start facing better teams, remember, and the Eagles deserve credit for this. And I can't say this enough. They had a tough early season schedule. And that's why they started poorly. And they've had a very easy, even easier than projected because of injuries, 
and COVID and everything else and things sort of aligning correctly. I don't know how many times I've said on, on, on our show, Jody, everywhere else, Jacob Media, WIP with you, they had a six-day span where they were given two wins. They were given two wins. So all your hand-wringing, I said that at the beginning of the six-day span, and I'm sitting here at the end of the six-day span. That's as easy as it gets in the NFL. Garrett Gilbert on a week's preparation and Jake Fromm on three-week preparation is as easy as it gets. Now, they deserve credit for taking advantage of it, but, you know, when you face better teams, you're going to have to do some different things. So I joke about scrimmage. Hey, Nick Sirianni, use it as a scrimmage. You're not going to lose the game. Get better at certain things so you can be better if you have to face Green Bay or Tampa Bay or Dallas or the Los Angeles Rams or whomever. Notice I didn't put Arizona in there. And, oh, by the way, uh, Gary Gilbert was better than anything the New York Giants put out there at quarterback yesterday. At least he hung in there. At oh, Gary Gilbert with- was much better than Jake Fromm. Much. I mean, worlds better than Jake Fromm. And, and I would add him uh, with Mike Lennon, too. And, oh, by the way, he was better than the returning quarterback for the Washington football team last night because Taylor Heineke looked awful. Now, the Cowboys brought some serious pressure. They really have been. Uh, they've gotten healthy. Nobody's gotten suspended on their defensive line over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. All of a sudden, they've got one of the more formidable pass rushes in the National Football League, and he was facing that last night, but he was making massive mistakes. Every time you turn around, somebody was going into the end zone for the Cowboys. I was on the air for the first uh, uh, half of that game, and the second half I couldn't even watch because the Cowboys just kept scoring touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Couldn't take it anymore, and neither could Taylor Heineke. Uh, but we'll worry about the Cowboys uh, once we get past Taylor Heineke and his buddies next week. Um, John, they did start slow. And maybe it's – I got to take the eagle-colored glasses off, but I almost found myself making excuses for them yesterday that, yeah, it's because the NFL kind of squeezed them, made them play on a Tuesday – they were ready to go on Sunday. I didn't think the Eagles were screwed and people screamed bloody murder that they were being screwed. They, the NFL did what they had to do. Your column on Philly Voice was uh, dead on to the point that the NFL was more worried about saving the season than they were about uh, giving the Eagles proper treatment. But they went ahead and won the game anyway. But you knew coming into this week, it was just going to be a five-day turnaround and a short week and difficult to prep. Uh, do you think that had anything to do with the lame birds first half? I'd feel better saying that if they hadn't done the same exact thing the previous week against Washington when they had a ton of downtime and didn't play well in the first half and then turned it up in the second half. Do you think the short week had any effect on last? Yes, I, 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 I think it did a little bit as far as the start went, because remember, not only was a short week, um, you know, Nick Sirianni was not there for most of it because he tested positive. So he's doing everything virtually. So he wasn't there. That probably entered into it. Um, 
You also had a holiday. So it was going to be a weird week, even if you played on Sunday and there was no COVID spike. It was, you're going to have less time. People were going to be given time off. So I think that all probably conflated into something. But I like Alex Singleton talked after the game, and he said, hey, man, give me a basketball schedule. I like to play. I think there's a lot of players like that. Now, the physical nature of the game, you can't play. You know, you need to get your body right. But as far as practice versus games, most players, they want to get out there and play. So if you're healthy, and the Eagles were relatively healthy, you know, taking COVID aside, relatively healthy as far as the guys who were able to play, uh, injury-wise I'm talking about. At this point, it's probably better, if anything. Just get back out there. Just play against a bad, you know, football team and get on to the the serious, the meat part portion of the schedule. And now, unfortunately, they did get banged up a little bit, especially in the backfield. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Nate Herbig got hurt. Have to keep an eye on him. Um, but Miles did break his hand. So you got to see what type of break it is. Um, obviously, it's very difficult to play running back with a big club on your hand. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get back on the field. Um and, you know, but that's just part of the NFL. And and then, but the worst part, and Doug Peterson used to always say this, you know, when you have injuries at the same position and they had Miles and Jordan Howard go down with the stinger. And typically stingers, you're like, that's not that big of a deal. But Jordan had that stinger in, what was it, 2019, uh, shut down the season. So I think it's a little bit more concerning uh, with him. Let me ask you about Miles in his hand. You uh, kind of stated it a couple times. He has a broken hand. Yeah, he has a broken hand there. I, have the Eagles said he has a broken hand? No, they have not officially said it. Nick right. will say it uh, today. Um, but it's uh, – I, I got it from a few different people, and I think even uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting it this morning. Um, da, 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 da. yeah, Eagles running back Miles Sanders broke a bone in his hand yesterday. He'll have an MRI and additional test today to determine if there's other damage and whether or not he can play through it. Um, so Miles was also seen leaving the stadium in a cast, so he's got a broken hand, right? Um, and I, I just know the Eagles didn't announce it as such, but yeah, it's about 98% sure that he has a broken hand, a bone in his hand. And here's the issue and the problem. And I thought Miles played well again yesterday. Um, he is far and away their biggest big playback. Jordan Howard's good at what he does. Uh, we know that uh, Boston Scott just loves to score touchdowns against the New York Giants, but they're done with playing the Giants uh, this year. Miles is their home run hitter out of the backfield, both running it and when he catches it. And that's why I said when he catches it, because he doesn't always catch it. That's the weakness in Miles' game is his hands, his feet, his dexterity, his ability to spot the hole, to to throw it into another gear. There's a lot of pluses in Miles Sanders' game. One of the minuses is his hands. And he, from time to time, puts the ball on the ground. 
and he from time to time drops a pass as well. If you don't have both mitts, that's going to accentuate the parts of your game that may from time to time come into question, and that's the ability to hold on the ball and or catch the ball. That'd be a pretty big loss. If Miles is done for the year and there, there's no IR anymore, there's only two games left. If you went IR, it'd be three games. So you're counting them out of a playoff game? I don't think so. Unless they know for a fact that he's going to be gone for six weeks, I don't think they're going to put him on IR. Number one, you're going to miss him. And number two, and it shouldn't be that big a deal, but uh, most football teams make it out to be, you're going to lose a roster spot. You're going to have to carry him as inactive. If it's a week-to-week thing, you're going to have to keep him on the roster and use one of your inactives for him. Uh, This injury could turn out to be pretty significant, Johnny Mac. Yeah, I think more so from a football standpoint, as you said. I mean, Miles is is their best running back, and you know, there we know you mentioned some of the issues, uh, um, and certainly had another drop in the game last night, in the first half. That was part of it. Dallas Goddard dropped, so that was part of their ineffective offense as well. Um, you're right on IR. It's three games. So it, at this point, you know, if they get bad news and they put them on IR, that's oh, and let me yeah. Let me let me jump in and correct myself. They can't put them on IR because it was already on IR this year. That's true. So if you put a guy on IR a second time, you're done. Yeah. You can go and home. That's what, Start and that's your what, vacation. And that's what happened with with Jack Driscoll as well. His second IR. So if they do put him on IR, that means it's a season-ending injury. Um, I don't think it hurts to carry him uh, if it is, even if it's a, a four-week injury and it's very unlikely he's going to play again this season. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal to carry him. If you look at, and and now it's become, even with the COVID positives, the Eagles had four inactive players yesterday and they were Reed Sinet, Kerry Vincent, Tay Gowan, and Marlon uh, Tui Pelotu. So, you know, when, when, when you're getting down to your game day 47 anyway, uh, you're, not, you're not making difficult decisions is what I'm saying. So you can waste a spot on Miles Sanders and sleep comfortably at night. Uh, so I don't think that part will be any issue. The, the issue is, what are the doctors find when they do the further test? And they probably have already done them on Miles. And is it a real season-ending injury? Obviously, if it is, uh, that's going to affect the Eagles greatly. And uh, I think that it will actually handicap their running game. Some. But we do. We need to wait for the information to come out. Although, I would say it's not trending well four miles and his ability to play again uh, later this year. I, one guy I want to give some props to yesterday, Johnny Mac, because I may have used the word bust from time to time in describing him more so affixed to the guy who acquired him than the actual player himself. But Jannard Avery hadn't done a whole hell of a lot since the Eagles gave up a draft pick to acquire him in season in a previous year and he just hasn't been a fit. He wasn't necessarily a fit in the previous defensive coordinator scheme, Mr. Schwartz. 
He hasn't been a true fit for this defensive coordinator scheme. The Eagles just either haven't figured out how to use him or they overrated what they were acquiring when they got him. He had some big plays yesterday. And I, I don't know if Jannard Avery's going to make any more big plays this year or make any more big plays for the Eagles ever, as a matter of fact, because his track record and his production here has been limited. In the given day that he steps up and makes big plays, you got to give a tip, tip cap, cap to the guy. And yesterday, Jannard Avery was a little bit of a key contributor for the Eagles defense. Haven't seen it in a long time, but he did get the job done yesterday. Yeah, he he did. He made the big, you know, I would argue the the game shifting play uh and that was the Rodney McLeod interception um which gave the Eagles the short field at the beginning of the second half because remember Jody, uh it was the ugly first half uh and then the Giants get the football right away and you say, "All right, well, you know, Maybe it'll take the shrink wrap off Jake Fromm. I, I don't know. Maybe he's better than what he looked. Obviously, it turned out not to be the case, and they weren't going to let him do anything, which is an indictment of Joe Judge, speaking of you know other people, as you're mentioning, with Howie Roseman. Um, and then it's Saquon Barkley up the middle for no gain, obviously. Uh, and then second, second play was the Fromm. Uh, pass that was intercepted. Um, and, you know, it was Gennard Avery. So he was the guy who got the big pass rush. Now, he might have been called for a penalty, depending on the day, because he got uh, his hand in the face mask. And if it's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, uh, you probably got the flag. Let's be <laughs> honest. Um, so a little bit of good fortune there as well. But the pass rush part of it, yeah, was great. And it was interesting you know, he only played 20 reps. I had to look at it. He seemed like he was out there more uh, because he was noticeable. And that part is is good. You know, but we were talking about size with Devontae Smith. Obviously, again, Jannard Avery was uh, a fourth-round pick, I believe. He's undersized. He's a pass rusher. He's very athletic. Jim Swartz wanted him as an edge rusher. Now Jonathan Gannon is using him as a Sam linebacker. Um, you know, some of those size deficiencies we talk about, he doesn't fit a measurable, obviously he doesn't have Devontae Smith's talent, but he can get after the quarterback. Problem is it's too small to play defensive end. The Eagles don't play that third linebacker enough to where he's going to be, uh, very meaningful, but he can make a play and he showed it, uh, against the giants. And speaking of linebackers making plays. T.J. Edwards had 16 16 tackles? That's a lot of tackles. And, oh, by the way, it wasn't like the Giants ran a lot of plays. Like, they had the ball all day yesterday. They had a lot of one, two, three punts, or at least one first down, two, three punts, uh, which means you only have X amount of chances to make tackles when the other team isn't continuing to move the ball down the field. Damn, that guy's a lightning rod on defense right now. And it seems like he's been the main linebacker of the Eagles forever. That's not the case. He was not starting at the beginning of the year. Everybody has already forgotten that he was a guy coming off the bench at the beginning of the year because he's become as dominant a linebacker as the Eagles have. And uh, I did get this one right. I predicted after one of his good games. 
You know, the Eagles really should be talking to him about a contract extension. And they did get it done and locked him up for next year. He's one of the more underrated Eagles this year, Jay Mack. If you were putting out guys and oh, what yeah. was expected of them before the season started, nobody would have had T.J. Edwards anywhere in the top. Forget about the top 10, top 20 most productive Eagle players. Not on that list. I think your buddy Glenn Mack now asked me that when I was on. It was Mack and Mack and Mack on WIP. And he said, who was, and I went T.J. Edwards on the defensive side of the football. They were trying to trade T.J. Edwards in the offseason. Didn't think he was a fit uh, for this particular offense, uh, uh, defense, excuse me, um, because they want, you know, hybrid coverage. They want Davion Taylor types athleticism standpoint. Again, we talk about, and, you know, one thing about T.J. Edwards is he's so instinctive. And this was a T.J. Edwards game, man. This was, if there was ever a T.J. Edwards game, this was a T.J. Edwards game because all they were doing is trying to run the football between the tackles. And that guy is an old-school linebacker, comes downhill. And so it was perfect, and he played uh, great. Uh, And he's been way better in pass coverage than anybody would have imagined because he's so instinctive. And everybody looks at the stopwatch, um, and they ignore that part of it. And, and it, it's bizarre to me. It really is because if you take one false step when you're playing linebacker in the NFL and you run a 4-4, well, you're slower than the guy who's instinctive running the 4-6, 4-6-5 that T.J. Edwards can. So he's been a huge – this defense took off for two reasons. One, if you're being honest, schedule. All right, no more Tom Brady's, Patrick Mahomes. And then because of T.J. Edwards and and what he has brought to this defense and um, as the really main three-down linebacker, and he showed it again against the New York Giants. But you also said box score, and people look at the box score, Jody. And this is a perfect example of what you were talking about. The New York Giants, shockingly, ran more plays than the Eagles yesterday. I think it was 76 to 63 only because of the end of the game and, the, you know, they had to bike line and drive them like line and where everybody had checked out. But again, if you just pick up the box score and you look at it and you go, well, what, what's going on here? And that's why you can't do that type of thing. And you have to look at the context of the game. And obviously the Eagles dominated that game. They dominated on the scoreboard. They dominated in the box score. They dominated period. Till the sec- in the second half, up until half, it was actually that was a, a that was a seventeen play, seventy five yard drive. Mike Glennon, the Mike Glennon yeah. final, the drive. Mike Glennon drive, I like to call it, seventeen plays. Which, which, by the way, I don't know. Uh, you were there, so maybe you can remember. Was Edwards still on the field at that point, or had he already? Yeah, uh, he, taken he, part. He, he played most of the game, so he was. They did make pretty significant uh uh substitutions i gotta be honest i was right hey, you I have checked. your you have your uh, uh chart how many plays did the giants run and how many ga- plays was edwards on the field because uh, you're right 76 and edwards was on there for 72 so 95 so he didn't come off the field no. okay then that's how he ended up with uh, it's just number 16 jumps out at you if yeah. a guy has a 10-tackle day in the NFL, you go, wow, he was really involved. If you get 12, 
man, that's outstanding. If you get 14, you go, oh, my God, how do you make four? 16 tackles is unheard of. You just don't see that in the National Football League. So that's But here's, here's how you can tell uh, how the game went. Milton Williams had 42 reps. Uh, uh, Hassan Ridgeway had 36. Teron Jackson had 36. Cameron Malveaux, his first game, 34. He played 34 snaps yesterday? Yeah, 34. Zach McPherson, 27. Andre Saturay, 25. Josiah Scott, 25. Jared Maiden, 25. That's how you tell it was a blowout. Maiden played 20. The Maiden starter got 25 off the bench. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't keep track of the secondary guys. They were running in and out of there. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We still got an hour left to play on a Monday after a Birds put themselves in control of their own destiny win against the Giants. Uh, Bob Groats of the Delco Times is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. We got plenty of time to continue to break down Eagles football with you here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. 
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, here with you on Birds 365. A good one on a Monday after a what turned out to be Eagles blowout victory. Uh, if you like the Birds, then you got to like us. Like, share, subscribe on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't know how many likes we've gotten so far today. Had a record-setting day last week. Come on. The Eagles got a big win. You got to be with us each and every single day here on Birds 365. And feel free to hit that like button. All right, here's one thing I didn't like yesterday, John. And maybe you'll be able to shed more light because you were there. We, 99% of us, 99% uh, were uh, slave to television yesterday. Um, the Devonta Smith touchdown. <laughs> Even the announcers said, uh. and oh, by the way, I, I saw some uh, critique, criticism, social media of... Uh, Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. And I didn't think they were half bad. They were not near as bad as Mark Sanchez was on Tuesday night. He was just awful. I'm sorry. He yeah. just terrible as an announcer. Vilma wasn't bad. Uh, he's not as good to listen to Merrill and Mike, but he wasn't terrible. And I think people just hate anyone who's not Merrill and Mike in announcing the Eagle games. But I digress. They tried to explain it as best they could. I don't know if you caught this per uh, the TV monitors in the press box. Even the in-game official, the guy they have sitting in the studio is a former referee who's supposed to know everything and explain yeah. everything. Yeah. Even he said, I've never seen a review of a review before. They reviewed the reviewed and overturned the review, yeah. which had overturned the original call, which was a touchdown on the play. Bottom line is... And this is not, this is being 100% objective. No eagle bias here. I think they got the call right. I think they got it right the first time. I think they got it right the third time. I think it was a touchdown. Did you get any further clarification in the uh, press box as to what the hell actually transpired? The steps we went through to find out that Devontae Smith actually got a touchdown? Yeah, we did. Uh, you, we we get uh, when there is a controversial play, uh, we get a pool report. In this case, it was not um, even the official. It was the referee it was uh, uh, Walt Anderson, who is the uh, senior vice president of officiating uh, from the NFL. By the way, after the game, Nick Sirianni had no idea. So nobody had any idea what the heck was going on. Um uh, but then Walt Anderson uh, discussed it with the pool reporter, who was our buddy Zach Berman. Um, so I, I, and, and by the way, I, we only got a two-hour show, so I'll try to get through this pretty quick. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was really just a communication lapse on our part. This is Walt Anderson speaking, not me. Obviously, we originally were seeing a heel down. So the original communication between the replay booth and the referee was that it looked like it was going to be an expedited review. 
So they do this now where they buzz into somebody, the, the referee's ear, and they say, look, this is it. Let's make it really quickly, and we don't have to go through this extended process, keep things moving, which, by the way, has been a good thing, although we, we should have a segment about that, Jody, because why they don't do that for obvious calls in other instances, I have no idea, but that's uh, another two-hour show. So I continue. So Walt Anderson says, I know the referees are trying to make those announcements quickly. By the time we could say there are additional angles, uh, he had already made that announcement, the on-field referee, who, by the way, is that new referee. I forget his name, but I have it here. Uh, Land Land Clark. What did you say, Landfill? Land Clark. Okay. Uh, so seemed like, a, seemed like a pleasant guy. He just yeah, seemed like he was a little like, lost. Yeah. So he was told uh, one thing. So he made the announcement. And then Walt Andrew said, no, we were going to stop the play and look at it because we had multiple angles relative to was it a continuous step. By rule, if the toe comes down first and then the heel comes down in one continuous step, Jody, then it's out of bounds. But there's if there's any kind of drag with the toe, then the toe drag gets credit for the second step. This is Walt Anderson again. All right. So what was the process behind the second review? And again, I go to Walt Anderson. We ended up seeing the additional angles. It looked like a heel on one angle, but then on another angle, it looked like the toe probably drugged. So we just wanted to stop play and make sure we were looking at all the angles and make sure that the rule was applied correctly. After we looked at everything, it looked like there may have been evidence that the toe drug first before the heel ended up stepping. And since the ruling on the field was a touchdown, that's when we say, well, we don't have evidence to change it from the ruling, and that's why we stayed with touchdown. Walt Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, good for Walt Anderson, and thank you, John McMullen, for filling in the blanks for me, because truthfully, I would not have known that. Number one, they didn't explain it, and number well, they two... Couldn't, nobody knew it, so it wasn't the right. announcer's fault. Nick Sirianni didn't know it after the game. He had no idea what went on. Right, but we're all playing along at home, And what I thought was actually in question was the fact that the giant defender did get his hand on the football after Smith had made the grab, made the toe drag. And I thought that was pretty damn obvious that it was a toe drag, that he got his hand on the football and the football did move while Devante was going to the ground. I thought that he had enough control of it throughout that it should have stayed as a touchdown. But that's what I thought they were looking at, was the uh, just scraping of the ball by the giant defender enough to make it move. Was there a chance that Devontae had at one point lost control of it as he was going to the ground? That's what I thought was in question. I didn't think there was ever any question about the, the foot action, that he had absolutely gotten both feet in and the toe drag swag was obvious. You saw the pellets coming up in the end zone, the the, the colored pellets coming up. 
Uh, I had no idea that that's what they were continuing to look at. So basically is what you're telling me. They went to expedite it a little too quickly. Yes. Yes. And uh, they were obviously um, the, the referee made the announcement. So I guess they're kind of throwing him under the bus a little bit too quickly. And then they went back and reviewed it again. I was with you. I obviously, I thought they were going to go that route and say, well, the ball moved a little bit. He didn't survive the ground by that point. He's out of bounds. I thought that was the route they were going to go as well. Uh, but no, it was just heel versus toe. I have to watch it again because obviously I don't have a good view. Uh, and I'll watch it at a point today. I don't know how close it was heel versus toe. Uh, I guess there was some question if the heel was down first. Uh, so I have to watch that. But all worked out in the end. The Eagles got the touchdown. That's what Nick Seriani said. It's all that matters in the end. Uh, and yeah. Well, I'll say it again. Walt Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he filled in the blanks for you, and thank you for filling them in with us. Um, One thing I do want to get in here before we punch up our buddy Bob Groats from the Delco Times. Um, We only did three birds, 365s last week, took a couple holidays. Um, Wednesday was our final day last week, and they didn't come out with Pro Bowl selections till after you and I were on the air, and we had some fun. Uh, talking about who was going to make it, who had a chance to make it, who we thought was going to make it. Uh, we both agreed that uh, there were two givens for the Eagles that were going to make the Pro Bowl. And, yes, of course, they both did. Uh, but a couple of guys we thought had a shot came up snake eyes. Uh, we both kind of thought Jordan Mailata should get some significant uh, scrutiny for the job that he's done at left tackle this year, be a meteoric rise from where his career was. Shoot, he wasn't the starting uh, left tackle when camp started this year, and he had played himself. We both agreed to a potential Pro Bowl level. Um, I thought Jason Hargrave had a chance, more so than Fletcher Cox, but you talked about Fletcher being a reputation guy, resume-type guy, default position-type guy. And the same with Lane Johnson at right tackle because he had made it previously. Did miss a couple of games in season. We know the issues that he had. Um, yeah, the Eagles only got the two guys that we thought were going to make the uh, uh, Pro Bowl, which were Kelsey and, and Darius Slay, and came up short in all other positions. Do you think that had an effect yesterday, specifically with the Eagles' massive touchdown scorer, Mr. East Texas himself, Lane Johnson catching a touchdown pass? think there was a little, oh, yeah, you didn't give me any. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, a couple, a couple people mentioned that. And uh, Jordan Mailata mentioned it. And Nick Sirianni mentioned it. Uh, for some reason, they really took this slight on Lane Johnson uh, bigger than the other potential slights. Um, I Maybe because of what he went through. Uh, from the standpoint of dealing with the anxiety and depression. Uh, maybe it hit a, a little bit home. Um, you know, I my, my biggest problem was that they weren't alternates, uh, Lane and Jordan. I, I, the NFC is loaded at offensive tackle. I mean, loaded. Trent Williams is... By the way, you have to make fun of Groats because Groats thinks Trent Williams uh, can't play anymore. 
Uh, and thanks, Jordan Mailata. Uh, so I know he hasn't watched 10 seconds of 49ers football. Nothing against Jordan, but Trent Williams is unbelievable. Uh, Teron Smith is obviously a great player um, and has a reputation. And also Tristan Wirfs from Tampa Bay, you know, coming off the Super Bowl. I mean, they're pretty stinking good players. But how do you not have them as alternates? Uh, I There's no explanation for that. And you could make a, an argument because Lane missed three games, or what, I think it was three games, uh, that, you know, that puts Wirfs over the top as the third tackle. Um, either way, though, he's got to be an alternate. And, yeah, the Eagles took it as a slight. And so it probably did uh, certainly egg them on and certainly get Nick Sirianni interesting to call East Texas. That's the name of that play. And, you know, what was most interesting to me is laying after the game said it's been in the playbook under Chip Kelly, under Doug Peterson, under Nick Sirianni, and they finally ran it. Uh, and it, and it worked. Yeah. You got to explain that to me. How does that work? Chip, I, if I remember correctly, oh, got the hell out of town fast. That was not a uh, pleasant termination. It certainly was not all roses and petals when Doug Peterson was told his services were no longer needed. There's no ceremonial passing of the playbook. The no, new no, head no. coach is no. there. I, what does Lane Johnson no. mean by it's been in there since Chip Kelly he, he and means, Doug Peterson? He they, made, well, everybody. I mean, Dallas ran a ta- it's a tackle eligible play. Everybody has it, right, essentially. And he's been here for three coaches. He was just trying to say it's been, you know, everybody has a tackle, essentially. They had it. They never ran it. They didn't call it East Texas. Obviously, things change. Uh, but, you know, Lane, for people who don't know, he was a quarterback in junior college. He's a really good athlete originally was going to play, I think, tight end at Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, if anybody can do it, you would think it would be Lane Johnson. And he's had opportunities because it's been in the playbook and it's in every NFL playbook would be my answer to you, Jody. And again, the Cowboys ran the same play and got a touchdown on it uh, Sunday night. Um, so, yeah. That's what he means. He doesn't mean, yeah, there's no ceremonial passing of the playbook. Otherwise, Chip Kelly would have handed uh, uh, basically a CBS receipt uh, to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson would have handed a cheesecake uh, menu, factory menu to Nick Sirianni, and Nick's probably in between no, West just... Coast and Chip Kelly run three plays. I hear what you're saying. Um do you believe, did Sirianni say to Chef, I didn't see it, maybe you know, did the fact that Lane, this kind of goes back to my original question, um, tying two things together, did Sirianni call that play because Lane Johnson got snubbed for the Pro Bowl this week? Or was it just the perfect fit, perfect time? Uh, it uh, When you go through your progressions in your head, if you're a play caller, it, it comes up when you think it needs to be called, or do you think he had it in his head ahead of time? If I get the chance, let me throw Lane a big bone this week. He talked quite a bit about it. He didn't say he did run it because he got snubbed, but he he was the one who brought up uh, the Pro Bowl sort of un, unprompted. Um, 
So I think it had something to do with it. Uh, but he mentioned it's been in the offense for a couple different games this year. They were never able to get to it. So it's nothing new because I had thought that, you know, the poor guy was in quarantine. He was bored. He was thinking, of, oh, we want to do this this week. We want to do this this week. Um, but he said, no, it was, there was, it was a possibility in a couple different games, but it wasn't the right spot. It was the right spot. But I can tell you by that point in the game, my head was down. I was writing. I wasn't paying all that much attention because it was, it was a blowout by that point. And I heard 65 is eligible. And I went, what, 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 what? And sure enough, there it was. And oh, by the way, pretty wide open. Uh, I only described this one. And other by the time. way, Jalen hummed that thing in there. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't give him an easy one. Hey. He put some mustard on that. He knew that Lane was, as you stated, an athlete who could make a play. It wasn't they just lob it up there and let him get his big mitts on it. He had faith that he was going to be able to grab the ball with two hands. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365, guys. We still got 40 minutes left here today. We're planning on spending some of that quality time with Bob Groats of the Delco Times. Come on back. See if he joins us here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. 
turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's a Monday, the cook Monday, post-holiday Monday. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves Monday. Here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. Oh, there's a smiling face. Our buddy from the Delco time. Bob Groat's good enough to hop aboard with us. Uh, BG, how good are you feeling on this December 27th Monday? Bob, your mic is muted. Can you hear me? All right, we'll see if we can get him to unmute the mic. There we go. There we go. Can you hear Bob, me? You got it. You got now it. we got you. All right. Hey, oh, it was great not. being on with you guys. I'll I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long oh, time. The great to, Bob Gross. I had to get my hair done and everything else, Jody. I it, I'm I'm just exhausted. Looks tremendous. Yeah. You're looking good, big guy. We're all we're all uh, uh, tired, Bob. So I appreciate you getting yeah. up early. Hey, hey thanks. Us. Now it's an honor to to be on this show. And uh, what a crazy, crazy Eagles season! And uh, you know, what, what did you learn from the Jake Brom game? Because I didn't learn that much. Yeah, it was a nice scrimmage. It was a nice uh, Sunday scrimmage for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. The Giants they really set back quarterback play <laughs> in one on one Sunday. I mean. Boy, that that was hideous. Um, I was telling you, John, a friend of mine, his favorite term is abysmal. (laughs) It was abysmal. That was a fitting word to describe the giant quarterback play. You're right. right, Let's go to the other quarterback on the field yesterday, Jalen Hurts. Because I said now one here today, Bob, that, uh, again, you, you sample your information. You get people's opinions in different ways. I have mine. You have yours. John has his. It just seems to me that there is still a percentage of Eagle fans in this town that want to emphasize when Jalen Hurts does things wrong. And he did. He did things wrong yesterday. He got lucky. He should have had a pick. He uh, uh, had it reversed on a uh, replay decision, rightfully so. But it was still a bad pass that he threw. He put the ball on the ground, didn't feel the backside pressure, um, did not play well in the first half. But he played damn well in the second half. And the the dissenters seem to make more noise and have more volume than those who give Jalen Hurts credit when he plays well. It was a mixed bag yesterday. Some really bad, some really good. Do you get that same feeling that those who don't want to emphasize what Jalen Hurts gets wrong outweigh those who want to give him credit for what he gets right? Uh, I I don't. Um, Okay. I'll say this, though. those are those were two really different halves like how can that happen and um but um i think that second half kind of illustrated what happens with when um 
when the Eagles kind of like when, when everybody kind of rallies around whatever their cause is. What what was it that Jason Kelsey said? Press on, press on, press on, on. Lee, yeah. press on nails. I'm are, sure there was some work exchange, but yeah, this guy Hertz has something that the guys want to follow. There, there's just no question about that. And and I was telling John, I I, I still think it was amazing that he got uh, you know that that Pro Bowl. Um, Alternate status. I mean, it's alternate status, but you look at the quarterbacks that are in there with him on alternate status. Stafford was there. Dak Prescott, guys like that. I mean, he, this guy, he, he's, and that's, that's a popularity contest, the Pro Bowl vote. He is well liked and, um, and, and nobody likes him more than his teammates. So I, I don't get that. You know, I, I kind of, some of the stuff that Jalen hurts, the mistakes he makes, like, um, especially early on. Boy, you look at those and you say, "How could this happen?" You know, how, uh, you know, don't they don't they see stuff like this in practice? Well, he didn't practice much during the week, but uh, so maybe that was kind of his warm up, his practice. But uh, you look at the other part of it and you think, well, I look at the other part of it and I start looking at, well, who do they play in the first round of the playoffs? Eh, it's probably going to be the Cowboys. <laughs> can can they run the ball? Are they going to have a chance running the ball? Because clearly they. And um, I, I, I'm at uh, ends with different writers about this, but I don't think they can really stop anybody. Uh, you look at the quarterbacks that they've been playing. Yeah, they, the points are down, but look at the guys they've been playing. Um, and if you can't keep those two quarterbacks on the Giants out of the end zone, you know, you, you really just can't stop anybody. But they can run the ball in the playoffs. They have that offensive line is, is the strength. And, uh, and quite frankly, I, I really like it when Hurts – is stay, when he stays in the pocket and he looks downfield, it was kind of, I, I think his ankle is still giving him issues and the Giants kind of dared him to run and he didn't, but he, he hung in the pocket and in that second half and he made good decisions. He saw the field and, uh, and I think he, when he does that, he's a lot more accurate and, uh, and he's a winner. He is a winner. He is a hard worker. He does have all the intangibles, but you talked about that well-liked aspect of it, Bob. I, I want to talk about that from Nick Sirianni's standpoint because, you know, he went out of his way to defend Jalen Hurts on that one play where he checked it down to Quez Watkins. Dallas Goddard was wide open in the end zone. Everybody was in uproar on social media. Jalen Hurts missed him. He went out of his way to explain why that wasn't a big deal. And then he's calling East Texas to get Lane Johnson in the end zone. And he's talking about Pro Bowl snubs and how Lane Johnson was snubbed. This guy goes out of his way to make his players happy. Whereas you got Joe Judge on the other side throwing poor Jake Fromm. This will always be the Jake Fromm game, Bob. You have the yeah. Jake Fromm game and the Mike Lennon drive, uh, 17 plays and 75 yards. But um, what's it like to have a head coach that is well-liked? Is that always good? Could that be bad down the road? Do you have to be more of a, a stringent boss than a friend, so to speak? What do you think about Nick Sirianni and how he is thought of in this locker room right now? Good, good points, uh, especially about the tackle eligible play to Lane Johnson. You know, Andy Reid used to do stuff like that all the time, and um, and it was kind of 
he, he was kind of like, it wasn't really throwing a bone to the the veterans and stuff or the big guys, you know, the, the uh, offensive linemen, but he knew how to keep everybody, all their heads in the game plan. And uh, I don't think he did it to get light. I think he did it because he felt like the veterans had earned their respect. And, um, and I think that, I don't know whether Nick always had that in his ear, whether someone got in his ear, but that was a really, uh, I was really impressed with that. I, I think, by doing that, and um, and also the the praise he gave to uh, some of the other veterans like uh, Rodney McLeod, that was a big pick. Um, I, I personally, I think they would have won the game anyway with uh, against the Giants, but that was a turning point. And um, and just going out of your way to to make the the veterans who have really kept this team together is. Um, uh, that, that's just a team, you know, that, that start, that, that starts to make me think about, um, you know, the, any given Sunday, you know, right where uh, Al Pacino is about to give that locker room speech, you know, inches, it's yeah. about inches, Bob. They're all around you. <laughs> Bob, uh, we'll get further medical information today, but it's pretty apparent that Miles Sanders has a bo- broken bone in his hand. Uh, they'll do x-ray. They'll, Uh, come out with an injury report later today. If he's done for the year, and if he's got a significant broken hand, got to play with a cast, Miles' hands aren't the strength of his game, if the Eagles decide we're not going to put him out there if we don't know that he's 100%, how big a loss is he for these final two regular season game and whatever playoff game the Eagles get in the first round? Yeah, that's significant. And uh, people still don't – I mean – Boston Scott, from everything that I understand, his knee is still bothering him. He's not been 100%. And uh, he's been active, but if you look at the touches, that's not just because the, the his uh, lack of touches until yesterday. That's not just because of um, Kenneth Gainwell and uh, and the other guy. Oh, and, and we got – and the other one, too, uh, Jordan Howard, that stinger, that neck stinger. That, that's, uh, that's not good either because he – He's uh, their their inside runner, and uh, and and that, I mean, he he's just built for the this offensive line of the Eagles. So um, yeah, th- those are pretty significant. Would be really significant losses, uh, especially Miles. Uh, he he's starting to, you know, he he can uh, he'll give you a ten yard run, a twelve yard run, and uh, and it really loosens up the the defense. You know, the other way of looking at this, though, is that uh, Gainwell is a pretty good reserve receiver. Um, all right, Boston Scott's not 100%. They'll have to probably bring somebody up from the practice squad. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see Hurts throw a little bit more, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm kind of – I'm for that. I, I kind of I, – I think he's – I don't know if it's he's evolving into a, a, a passer, but uh, I saw some elements of his, his – uh, his throwing in this past game that I was impressed with, you know, even, even the footwork in the second half, that looked better. So, so maybe that's not the worst thing. And, and that line, I, I think he's figured out that that line is going to give him protection. It's not just a run blocking line. And uh, so, and boy, I, you know, I, I, and I, let me give a shout out to that line because I don't think any, any line is playing better than the Eagles right now. No offensive line. And uh and you know that Pro Bowl snub of Lane Johnson, he he missed. Give me your Trent Williams hate, Bob. Yeah, I want to yeah. hear the Trent Williams hate on, yeah. in a public forum. I was telling John Jody that Trent Williams hasn't blocked downfield since 2017. 
Oh, he's not Jason we, Kelsey. I'll give you that, but I think he's still pretty damn good, Bob. Yeah, I got he, he's good. I got bad news not, for you. I'm kind of with McMullen on this one. No, <laughs> I, I think Mylotta. I I really I think Mylotta is right. Maybe not. He he's right there, and he's definitely better than Johnson on um, on the Eagle on uh, the Cowboys. So Teron um, Smith. Teron Smith. Teron Smith. Yeah. I don't, I get this guy mixed up. Yeah, Teron Smith. I I, I think Mylotta is he's he's just a force. I mean. How many guys that that guy is he like pancakes, 325 pound guys, you know? I know he's bigger than them, but you just don't see that happen. Yeah, you see these other guys, and then he gets up with a smile on his face, you know, and they look at him to see what happened. You know, it's like they got hit by a, you know, like a, a bus or something. A greyhound just came through the parking lot, you know. I mean, that guy, he's that dude is he he is a significant part of that offensive line. And I, I think he he deserves more recognition too, but you know they'll they'll know his name in time. Yeah, and and the interesting thing about Jordan Bob, I mean, he didn't think he played very well against the Washington football team back on Tuesday. He was on Instagram apologizing for the way he played, uh, and he's been yeah he's been tremendous. There's no, I think the biggest part of the snub is Pro Bowl alternate because. Um, you know, the NFC is very deep at the top with Williams and Smith and Tristan Wirfs, but neither Lane Johnson or uh, Jordan Mailata were even alternates, which is absurd. But it did seem to fuel the Eagles because Jordan brought it up more towards Lane Johnson. And Nick Sirianni also brought it up when he was talking about the tackle eligible call. He was saying how Lane got snubbed. Do you think that kind of sparked the Eagles? Yeah, I I, I do, but um, but those guys are that that line. It, it, it must have, it it did have something to do with it, and they were all pumped up after that touchdown. But um, they go out and get the job done. You know, they they don't need anybody to say that. They they know how to take care of business. I, I'm really. I, I think I'm missing some cliches here, but but they they just they really they love to get out there and play, and um, and this whole run uh, winning six of the last eight games, this is all offensive line generated. I know they didn't get 175 or more rushing yards yesterday, but they've just dominated, and um, and they haven't played. I, I think only one of those teams has a winning record, right, John? That they in that those last eight games. Yeah, it's the Chargers. That uh, uh, you know they did, and, and by the way, the Chargers even lost to the Houston Texans yesterday. How so, about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's some issues there as they well with Brandon Staley. The 31st yeah. Mister Defense has the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. Brandon Staley. Yeah, but they. I, I mean, that that whole thing is offensive line generated. That that uh, this winning streak, the three game winning streak the six wins in eight games, uh, and the rebound from the two and five start. Bob, let me go to the defense in green, and that would be the Eagles yesterday. Taking the level of competence or incompetence (laughs) into consideration of the opponent, what kind of day did Jonathan Gannon have yesterday if you were giving him a grade for his performance as defensive coordinator? Yeah, I I don't know. I I guess you'd have to – when you look at the points, 10 points, you'd have to say – I give him a B, <laughs> but I, I'm not, you know, I, he, here's what I think of, of um, the defense. I mean, they, they need, 
they need some help in the secondary, in the back end for sure. That maybe a line, a couple of linebackers. They we all know they need help there, and uh, they they need another pass rusher too. Um, that that line has played decently, but um, yeah, I think I, I still think that he's he's learned how to work with what he has and um, what they did yesterday. I, I can't, you know, they, like I said, they gave up a touchdown to Mike Lennon and a, and a oh, Giants team. No, they yeah. did, they, the, the third unit did. Yeah. They had pretty it's much cleared out the defensive starters by the time Mike Lennon stuck the ball in the end zone on what number play was it, John? You really, you really play of the drive. Splitting hairs there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm still not a big fan of, of Jonathan Gannon yet. Um, you know, uh, maybe maybe someday if he if he starts calling my name out in the press conferences or something like that. I'll, that's I'll a shot. That's that's a that's shot. That's a McMullen shot right sorry, there. Did yes, it is. Did I say that? I yes, you did. Very good. Bob that's Rose. a shot. The sanctity now, of this show. Yeah. Now but, see see now it's funny you say that, Bob, because I get a lot of crap because. Uh, uh, Jonathan and I get along, but I, uh, you know, I said this defensive effort meant nothing. I can't get anything from this, and I get criticized for that because Jake Brom, you and I could have stopped Jake Brom. Oh. I'm not going to give Jonathan Gannon credit. That, I give the the defense credit. Awesome. Yeah, I, exactly. So I I I didn't learn anything about the Philadelphia Eagles in this game other than they set up themselves for a potential playoff spot. They took care of business. They deserve credit for that. I didn't learn anything about the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you learn anything from this game? Yes, I did. I, and that, that stuff about hurts and uh, work in the pocket with, um, with an ankle that I I don't think is still a hundred percent. I like that. I like what he did in the second half. I think he took another step there towards, uh, towards, refining that passing game and um and let's face it too the the eagles are getting some breaks <laughs> with the, in these last eight games i mean the, the COVID outbreaks and everything I, I could see something like they they get into the playoffs um they play the cowboys and you know i'm not wishing this on them but dak prescott gets COVID. you know hey, you never know but, yeah right um, know. <laughs> and micah parsons you know is uh is in the protocol and and all of a sudden, you know, Jonathan Gannon gets gets into the proto, COVID protocol, and and the what is it? The twenty eight year old linebackers coach takes over the defense. Nick Rollis, yeah, yeah, right hand man. And uh, and the Eagles, you know, shut out the Cowboys in advance. I I mean, this has been that kind of crazy season. It's okay to to start thinking. I mean, they've been they've been getting all the breaks. Is it me or? I mean, no, they happen. But that's what I said. If there's any year you're taking care uh, of business. If there's any year you want to just get in and see what happens, this is the year. Because it can be it can be a COVID week. You know, if the quarterback gets COVID on the wrong week, absolutely. All of a sudden you're you're a you saw it with the Washington football team. That game, Jody. What what did that game? It started at four and a half. It went to twelve and a half. It went down to six and a half. It ended up over ten. Nobody knows who's playing. Right. If you follow the lines, that was remarkable. Uh, Bob Groats, can the Eagles 
make the Washington football team once again get into infighting on their bench? How yeah. about that last night? Throwing punches at each other. This is not exactly a team that is unified that the Eagles will be facing off again next week. Can they drive them to take on each other in a best two out of three pinfalls match next week in uh, right. D.C.? I think it'll be over in the in the first half, not the second half. I I really I, I think they're just about toast. And um, all that stuff caught up with them, the COVID, the injuries, the, the COVID uh, outbreaks and all that. And um, Ron Rivera, as good of a coach as he is, uh, he you know, he's having trouble keeping that whole thing together. And oh, by the way, the next if I'm if I'm Rivera, when my guys get healthy next year. And um, and I play the Cowboys, and I have like a double-digit lead. I'm, I'm faking a kneel down and then throwing up top, you know, to score another touchdown. I'm going to buddy Ryan them, you know. You, you, you think the Cowboys, Cowboys piled on last night? Oh, huh? God sakes, yeah. Oh, oh Lord, yeah, that was that was nasty. I, you know, I, I would I, never I, forget that. I'm sorry to to get off the field, but uh, you know who piled on yesterday? The Bengals. Oh, they yeah. did that yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow, who last year blew out his knee, is out there dropping back every single possession with a three-touchdown lead in the second half to get the 525 yards, more yeah. so than the Cowboys yesterday. The Bengals yeah. piled on yeah. the Ravens. Well, they, they got a net points thing going on there as a tiebreaker, too. So that that's a weird kind of thing. And, um, you know, the Eagles, they're fortunate that they're not in that situation, but I, I feel you, I, I, I hear you, you know, that, uh, so, um, but you know, these coaches, the, these players, the, the ones that stick around, they'll remember that. Bob, okay. uh, last one from me because Philadelphia has become, and make sure you read Bob Groats, uh, Delaware County times, one of the best in the business, even when he's taking shots at me. Uh, but, Philadelphia is the capital of tanking because of another team in this town uh, that shall remain nameless. Uh, but all of a sudden, the Eagles' three first-round picks aren't looking that great anymore. Fourteen currently in Miami plays tonight. Uh, that would be their pick that goes to the Eagles. The Eagles themselves are now at 19 yeah. in Indianapolis and Carson Wentz has hit the number, so to speak, uh, to where the Eagles are going to get that first-round pick, they are currently at number 23. How much of the fan base is upset by the fact that if you're one and done in the playoffs versus losing out on some of these better first-round picks? Have we become that much of a loser as a whole in this city that we're worried about tanking for draft picks. I don't know. There, there's always going to be people that are, and um, you know, they, they, what was it? Um, there, there's specific Twitter accounts, you know, like the, to see how many snaps that went Scott, you know, the one snap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't think so. And, I, and, um, and the obvious is that they don't have to use all those picks. There'll be a desperate team in the draft where you can trade your, what, the 23rd pick or whatever it is. You can trade that to a team and, and get their first round pick the following year and kind of roll the dice there. No no guarantee it'll be better, but there's probably a good chance and, and get some other stuff. I, I could see them doing that. Um, but if you want to go after 
if you're still not convinced about Hertz and you want to go after a quarterback, I don't know that that's going to be enough draft capital to get that done. So, but, um, but anyway, Jody, you look like you've made up your mind on Hertz. You, you're, yes. you're, you're in, well, right? I am because just personally, I don't believe Aaron Rodgers is coming to Philadelphia. I don't believe Russell Wilson is coming to Philadelphia. I don't believe uh, Deshaun Watson is coming to Philadelphia. And I don't believe any first-round draft pick quarterback would be an upgrade for Jalen Hurts. So if you put all those things into the mix, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback. And I don't have a problem with it if that's the case. Do I want to see something a little more out of him over the last two weeks? And in a playoff game, yeah, sure. I'll feel that much more confident about it. I guess he could bottom out and be god-awful the next two weeks and I could change my mind. But as we sit here right now, yeah, I'm good to go with Jalen Hurts as the Eagle quarterback for 2022. Yeah, I, I don't see him bottoming out either. You know, I, I, anything's possible. But, yeah, I, I would love to see, you know, especially with the running back situation the way it is, I'd love to see him do a little bit more with his arm. And, um, and especially, you know, if they get into the playoffs. So, I think this these next, if nothing else, these next few weeks are going to be the you know just a perfect evaluation time for uh, uh, for do the rest of the car, of the uh, Jalen Hurts evaluation. Even though Gardner Minshew went in and asked the coach, "How can I become the starting quarterback of this team?" and he was told, eh, "Sorry about that, uh, dude. Not happening. Jalen is our starting quarterback." Uh, yeah, he got a broke. standing ovation. Gardner he got a standing did, yeah. ovation yesterday. I think it was more of for the blowout, though, and the indication that this one is officially over. But who knows? Who knows? I don't, know. I don't know how you got that. Out. I'll, I'll defer to you. I don't know how you got that no. out of that. Well, yeah, I saw him yeah. walk on the field and everybody stand up. <laughs> Be gross. Always a pleasure, buddy. We appreciate yeah. you coming on board. Thanks much. Hair looks marvelous, by the way. Uh, All so right. You, Man, at I'm least, cold, at least you've got some to comb. you got... Two jealous guys here who wish they had hair to actually work on That's prior true. to the show. That's All right, he, I look like your big brothers. All right, I'll see you to, guys. He's trying to bail. He's trying to bail. He's on officially us right now. muting us. Yeah. Uh, he started on mute. That's, he ended quick, on that's mute. how quick he is. He's trying to get get out as quickly as humanly possible. Broth has got important things to do. Yeah. What they are, we don't really know, but he's got other important things to do. Uh, we've got one more segment to do here on Birds Three Sixty Five. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Good numbers today, understandably so, because the Eagles control their own destiny to make the playoffs. If you like the birds, like us here on Birds 365, hit that like button. Feel free to share and subscribe as well. We'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Final couple minutes here on a already controlling their own destiny for the playoffs Monday on Birds 365 Mac and Mac Guides. Um, 99% sure I know the answer to that question. This question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who are you rooting for tonight, McMullen? Oh, I don't. I don't root, Jody. I tell you all the time. Come on, you got to root. It it would be better. I don't care who wins. (laughs) It would be better, obviously. Uh, for the Eagles, if the New Orleans Saints lost, um, now short term, long term, we we're just talking about the tankathon. That's that's aspect. why I'm asking the question. Uh, I, I, if I'm the Eagles, I want to get in the playoffs. Um, already we're talking about, uh, I, I mentioned it, what was it, 14, 19, 23. You're already, you know, early in the season, which we laughed about. It was top 10, it was three top 10. Wasn't going to happen. Um, was never going to happen. And Bob's right. They're probably not going to take the Bob Groats's, you know, they're probably not going to take the three first round picks anyway. They're probably going to trade out and get one, tr- hopefully with a desperate team that thinks they're going to be better and the Eagles take advantage of them. Uh, but Miami is playing well. New Orleans is playing their talk about COVID as well. Fourth string quarterback, Ian, uh, Book. Ian Book. You just saw Jake Prom. I'm going to guarantee one thing about Ian Book, and I don't know anything about Ian Book, but he's been there all year. 
he's going to be better than Jake Fromm because he's got to be better than Jake Fromm. Uh, but he's probably not going to be ready to play an NFL game. So that's an issue. And Jody, I want to bring up something real quick because sure. I mentioned head coaching interviews. So NFL Network was doing something this morning. Peter Schrager, for those who know Peter of the NFL Network, they were talking about those interviews starting. They mentioned six names about guys who might be asked to interview early. Um, I'm going to give you the six names. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. That makes sense. Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, who's been a head coach in the past. Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, who's been a head coach in the past. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, which makes a little sense because Joe Burrow's throwing for 525 yards. Uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Everybody knows the job he's done, former head coach. And number six, can you guess who number six is? No, I, I could say, no, I don't know, and then just guess and look like a genius. Seeing as I saw it this morning, I know who uh, number six is, so feel free to tell everybody. Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. There you go. How, how things quickly they change, Jody. And it's amazing, isn't bo- it? But both you and I agree, you learned, I learned nothing about the Eagles no. defense yesterday against no. Jake Fromm and the Perception Giants. Perception is greater than reality, though, Jody. Agree on that. All right, uh, JM, back to business as usual today. No shortened weeks, no holiday. You're going to get the uh, coach at what time this afternoon? 245-ish. Uh, Nick runs on presidential time, and that means he's never on time. Uh, so it'll probably be a little bit after that. Uh, but, yeah, 245-ish. Hopefully, he'll probably give us an update on Miles Sanders, confirm his broken hand. More to me, I want to get more clarity on Jordan Howard because I know Miles is kind of hurt. But uh, And Nate Herbig as well. So that is probably the biggest. And then every day in the NFL, 4 o'clock, you cross your fingers and see who's on the COVID list. Uh, you always got to be worried about that as well. All right. Uh, if not you, which, oh, by the way, I think it could be you, uh, which of your compatriots tomorrow on Coordinator Tuesday will ask Jonathan Gannon about being named on the NFL Network as a coordinator who is going to be reached out to for potential head coaching positions? You're going to ask him or somebody else? Uh, I'll tell you what, Jody, since you asked me if I, again, it all depends on timing and who gets picked first, but right. uh, if nobody says it uh, and I'm up, I'll ask him the question. That's why you're the best, Johnny Mac, because you got nerve. You're the guy who's going to step out there on the limb. Oh, by the way, he'll call you John. He has no idea who Bob Groats is, but since you have <laughs> such a warm and friendly relationship Not, with Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon, I, I expect you to do that. Jonathan knows everybody's name. Everybody's name. He makes Eric, his, at he, least Bob Groats doesn't think he knows his name. No, he makes he makes his his business to uh, recognize everybody and know everybody's name. Well, we we try and keep track of everybody Which, as well. Yeah. Thanks to all the people that streamed in today. We had good numbers. People were tuning in, understandably so, because the Eagles are in good position. 
Just got to take care of the Washington football team next week. And, man, are they coming apart at the seams. I, I was bummed because I was on the air till 10 o'clock. There's no more real good TV on Sunday night, so you're not tempted to watch it. I was ready to just sit down and watch some good competitive NFC's football last night. Oh. Oh, man, that oh. was just stone cold ugly. And they're the two teams Eagles will play the last two weeks of the season. Good for the Eagles in the right order. Get the win against the Washington football team on Sunday, see where the chips fall, and then go from there. Um, but we're going to get real used to the Dallas Cowboys because – uh, they're going to be playing them in 13 days from now, and they could be playing them again the week after in the first round of the playoffs. We got plenty of time before we get there. You need to come back here every single day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. for Birds 365 with you two Mac and Mac guys. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.